Welcome to Alphabet Fly, an encyclopedic Marvel journey where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper and with me today is someone who, you know, is one of those people who just has a suit who fights Iron Man. It's Rob. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, I, you know, I don't know what it is about this character, but I guess I might just say that Force uh, works. <laughs> Uh well we are going to be talking about uh force today. He's um, uh, truly he's a he's a guy to be reckoned with. Yeah, so what what in in short description what what is force? Uh he is a high-tech Iron Man villain who has a super 80s looking green and orange costume and it's got oh. like this great um Sort of stylized F on the front that looks like an '80s corporate logo. Very much. And um, I, I, and he's got like a helmet with like lenses on it. I think he looks really cool. I will say I like his '80s designs way more than I like his more modern design. His more modern design makes him look kind of like a robot bug. It's a little busy. It, you know, just a like I, I do have an affection for like the. Uh, the kind of stripped down but stylized, um, you know, armored suits of the eighties. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks like tights, but it's really an armored suit somehow. Yeah, I don't know. They must like do a full body cast whenever they make it, and I guess they can't like lose or gain weight at all. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's like it's like a flexible metal question mark. I assume that Justin Hammer just has all these guys on strict diets. Probably. I I just feel like, you know, you can't oh, you exercise a little bit too much. You have to you have to you have to like eat a little bit of Hagadoss now so you like lose a little bit <laughs> yeah, gain no. a little bit more. Listen, you're you're not quite filling out the butt region of this. You're gonna need to do some crunches. Yeah. But yeah, but we're gonna be talking about today, um well apparently two people, but it's gonna be focusing on Clayton Wilson, who is the uh, original uh, force. Oh no, no, no. Uh, it's the, it's the same guy with two aliases. Oh, okay, I misread that then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, so he's a former research assistant, a former professional criminal, and mercenary, now research scientist. That's a that's a line. You know, I really jobs. thought that reading comics as a kid, I really thought there was a, a bigger like research assistant to criminal pipeline. Because so many of Marvel's villains are not actual scientists, but treacherous research assistants. Well, I mean, um, well, I mean, I mean, there's also a lot of people who invented something that no one bought, so they just use their invention to, you know, steal stuff as well. Well, yes, but I mean, you know, that's that's kind of what you expect. But the the research assistant, I guess, you know, maybe it's because they're drawn from a more criminal class. Because that's also the origin of uh, the Cobra and of uh, the Molten Man. Yes. Yeah, both of them. See, see, I, I tend to prefer I tend to prefer someone like Slide, who's just like, yo, I made this revolutionary thing that would literally make me billions. But, like, they just don't know how to market it. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know. 
just like, hey, I can make this, I can make this lubricant that's like practically frictionless, which uh-huh. would, not lying, would literally just be a billion or trillion dollar idea for just about any mechanical thing. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I'm you know, just the, gonna be, I'm just gonna be a guy in a suit that like is just lubed up real hard. Uh, the, the urge to rob banks is just so strong. Like you know, just just market better. Like go go to. You know, maybe go to like GM and be like, "Hey, you know how like your pistons wear out after a little while? Well, look at this; they'll never wear out because this is this is super lube." Um, or opposite, hey, I have this super glue that's like the best glue ever. We, you'll never have to use mechanical bindings ever again. Whatever, whatever. Sorry, I I get yeah, caught up no. way too much in that part. I mean, I could do that, or I could just like hang out with the wizard and the Sandman all the time. Yeah. Man, I love Pace Podpy. I'm still up. I can't get into it. Sorry, there's like one thing that like bothers me about that about the Trapster uh, uh-huh. thing, where like apparently he rented a glue factory, <laughs> which makes no logical sense in any way. Because if you're renting, if you're renting a factory, and you're not using it just for like storage or something, like if you're using it for its function. And you're the only person. I can't. Sorry, I, I just listen, I, I go listen, over that I, in my head. I've just got some horses I need to get rid of, and I really just need to rent the place out for a weekend. Can you <laughs> do me out. a solid? They they forgot they forgot to put in the line where he had a he had a uh, farm of like senior horses yeah. that people just drop off their old horses at. I had um, a, uh, I had a bunch of chimelians. Yeah, one of those. <clears throat> but but yeah, let's talk about force. So, but I was going to say that, like, it's a real good line to be a research assistant, then go into criminal and uh, criminal and mercenary work, and then become a research scientist. You know, it feels like, you know, you're, you're stepping up in the world, but you, you know, you take a mercenary turn in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, his public identity is uh, Will- Clayton Wilson, publicly known also as Carl Walk- Walker, secret. He is a citizen of the United States with criminal record, now considered illegally dead. Mm. He also went by Carl Walker, or Taylor and Carl Walker. Oh boy, that's that's a way to get out of paying taxes. Uh, but yeah, he his birthplace is unrevealed, but presumably in the United States. His marital status, which I feel like this is just real, you know, mean, presumed single. Like, how do you know? I mean, listen, we, we, we've seen how this guy dresses. He's single. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I've seen a lot of people with bad taste that get married. I mean, I guess it's probably partly that you know, if if he was married or something, they would have said at some point when he was you know having to change his identity. Oh, I should get I call my wife or something, so she doesn't know I'm not actually dead, just legally dead. You know, it's whatever. So no known relatives, um, Mm. and he was a former uh, employee of Justin Hammer. So. He first showed up in Submariner issue 67. Well, actually, if we're going by the very first one ever, which this is like in a shadow thing, at least by this, I don't know if I'm going to go by this one or this one. It says 66 on Comic Fine, but in 67, it does have Namor's uh, new suit, so we're going to go with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 67 and... Uh, so he first showed up in Some Mariner '67 in November 1973. Sea winds of change, 
And uh, we also have Cover Peace Theater. Cover Peace Theater. So we have a pretty dynamic cover. So we have, a, I think, like the one of the only outfits that I deem acceptable on Namor. Because I feel like he should be as naked as possible at all mm. times. Um, but you get the you get the vest, which does show off his show off his second kingdom, mm. Atlantis. Yes. Um. Uh. Where it has like wings, and you know he's wearing pants, which again I feel like you know you know ditch the pants. I like uh, that he has like the 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 trident themed uh, wrestling championship belt though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a you know there's there's a lot going on here. So you have a underwater city of some sort. Uh, I'm assuming it's Atlantis. It we is. have the uh, yeah. We have uh, Namor just like being like, "Yo, I'm angry, girl." And uh, we have some good cover copy here. So we have. Oh, I get it. Uh, wait till you dig Na- Namor's dramatic new costume. Yeah, and then we have uh, multiple arrows. I love how they put arrows all over the place. In these Plus, special surprise guest stars, the Fantastic Four. And this is from that brief period when Medusa replaced uh, the Invisible Girl. Yeah, because the Invisible Girl was uh, was pregnant. And that uh, means... I'm not sure if she was... I'm not, I don't I'm not care if this is when she what? was pregnant or if this was... When she and Reed were on the outs. It was one of those. For Franklin-related uh, reasons, where he wanted to put Franklin in a coma or something. Yeah. It, um. By the way, if you want to read some good Fantastic Four, um, you know, current run's pretty good. Yeah. It's and, good. yeah and, th- and then there is some great dramatic uh, Namor dialogue here. Uh, yeah. This day, for once and for always... I declare war on the human race. War to the death. And then Triton, who is uh, just swimming in the background. Namor, no, so speaks Triton. Um, and I'm just going to say, um, Namor, you you declare war on humans every other day. Well, that's true. But like, war you're, to, you're war to the it. death. But he does that, like, he's, like, he does that all the time, though. Like, yeah. I... It's well, not a new thing. Like, the thing that stops him is just like, yo, if you kill all the humans, then we can't stop this, and it's going to hurt Atlantis, and be like, oh, okay. Well, and also this time, he's going to be opposed by everybody's, uh, I'm going to say, sixth favorite Inhuman. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Inhuman that, um, they, that even the humans put out in the dark, because when they moved to the Blu-ray of the moon, there was no, like, like, water for him to really swim in, yeah, so, I mean, like, he, he just... He's- He's the he's the Aquaman of the Inhumans, and the Inhumans are kind of the Aquaman of Marvel. So he's double Aquaman. Even you even never when want he was to be on Earth, Aquaman. even when he was on Earth, where they just lived on like a like a hidden island, they're just like, hey, why don't you just like protect us from the sea? And it turns out they didn't need him to do that because they had the technology to like patrol and know yeah. what's going on in the first place. The like even the royal family is just like, yo, just swim. You know, just yeah, swim. Just... So, but you know, I, I mean, I guess him with Namor. Also, by the way, this is the uh, the Savage Submariner. Yes. So, so yeah. But you know, it's fun. It's a fun cover. Yeah. Um. Now. So force. 
Yeah, so Force. Let's talk about someone who I'm less interested in. Okay. <laughs> so Clayton Wilson was a graduate student at Empire State University, uh, same alma mater of, as uh, uh, Peter Spider-Man. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Among others. Just had to redo his doctorate because of some Doc Ock shenanigans. Yep. Um, uh, uh, so, and he worked as an assistant to Dr. Damon Walters, a scientist who had developed a prototype device for creating a protective force field. Seeing the device's potential as a weapon, Wilson knocked out Walters unconscious and stole the prototype. Soon after, Wilson made the first public appearance as Force, wearing a battlesuit incorporating Walter's Force Field Generator. As Force, he attacked Prince Namor, the Submariner, who had come to New York to persuade Walters to use his expertise to create Force Field Generators to protect the people of Namor's native Atlantis. Mad with lust for power. (laughs) I would love if he was just like, mad with lust force intended to conquer the world it's just like i'm so horny i'm gonna just conquer everything well i i i did just watch batman returns because it's still christmas here and that's basically every character's motivation in that movie yeah which could you consider could you consider um batman begins a christmas movie batman returns oh oh definitely i mean there's all sorts of christmas stuff going on sure yeah yeah, you know, I just like if we're gonna if we're gonna lump, you know, I mean, we could put every Shane Black movie in there as well, I yeah. guess. Iron Man three. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, this guy is bound and determined to conquer the Earth with this force field gizmo. Uh, you, know, why don't people aim smaller? Like, well, I as, say as this it, each time. Well, just, as it says here, he intended to conquer the world and appeared in Manhattan's Times Square, raving that he was the king of Broadway. Which I do not believe allows you to rule the world. No. I think that at most makes you like Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yeah, the, at most. Uh so he so basically named more overpowered force and he was taken in by police gusty and you no know, Walters was hospitalized and designed the force field protectors that Namor wanted, which uh surprise didn't work because uh you yeah, know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you know Atlantis got invaded again because that's what always happens to Atlantis. Yep, but they have their own uh, Avengers team now, which hasn't showed up in the Avengers comic for a while. Well, you know, Moon Knight stuff's been going on. A lot of stuff. I don't know. I want them to go back to that whole thing. They did the vampire, the vampire Avengers team, which I mm. really liked a lot, and you know, I want them to do more things. We also haven't seen the. Uh, Squadron Supreme of America in a while. Oh yeah. Um, you know, also we haven't seen the Winter Guard. I just want more I just want more Avenger on like other countries' Avengers, you know, action. Yeah. Um So yeah, but, but that was uh, not the end of force. In fact, uh Wilson was approached by representatives of uh the billionaire Justin Hammer, who offered to finance Wilson's criminal career and made improvements in the battlesuit in exchange for Wilson's royalty and half the profits from his criminal ventures. Wilson agreed, thus became, in effect, an employee of Justin Hammer. Force became one of Hammer's leading operatives. Hammer placed Force in charge of his illegal shipping operations, or in other words, the hijacking of a space, I'm not spacecraft. That'd be way, I'm aiming way too high with that. Seacraft, it's a boat. 
I mean, I you wonder, do you think they gave him that because he used to be a Namor villain? Probably. Because if you're going to be attacked, you know, if, if you're attacking boats, they're like three guys who you're going to have to fight, and one of them is Stingray. And Stingray barely wants to fight. Yeah, so your main, you know, if you're doing sea hijacking, your main guy is going to be Namor. Yeah. So, you know, you hire I've- a Namor villain for it. Yeah, but, and then he became a primarily Iron Man villain after be, that. So yeah, I like that he went from, you know, I, I'm I'm going to rule the world with this to becoming like Justin Hammer's regional district manager in charge of sea hijacking. Yeah, which is, you know, pretty cool, I guess. You know, it, you you know? know it's you know, it's a paycheck, you probably get a pension, benefits. You know, conquering the world, uh, it's not really a steady gig. I just don't understand why they don't just take over a small town in like a small town in Montana, you know? Well, because, because as soon as they do that, you got superheroes up the wazoo. Well, no, but but here's the thing. Okay, you can do that. You could probably do that right now if you had enough people. Like you could just take over a small town and hope that it doesn't get overran by bears. Well, um, I mean, th- the thing is, everybody has phones now. Somebody's going to call Captain America's hotline, and uh, you know, next thing you know, you've got severe contusions from getting hit by a by a big metal frisbee a bunch of times. You know, I feel, I feel like I could. I feel like I could be a good supervillain consultant, though. Like I feel like I, I feel like I know what I'd be able to do with it. You know, you just move to an area with no superheroes, take it over, and uh, you know, be better than the politicians who are probably running it to the ground anyway. Yeah. Well, that being said, uh, Force captured various pleasure crafts for Hammer, who were tended to use them as smug for smuggling opium in the. United States on behalf of an American businessman who is not named at all. Feel like that would be a good name to put down, even if it was for like a fleeting reference. Yeah, but and, uh, and this is this. I I can I can tell you with some acuity this is definitely a David Michelini plot. Okay, because he often had like drug smuggling as a big th- or. Drugs period as a big plot point in his supervillain plots, uh, like the like the two parter in Amazing Spider Man, where like a rogue military operation was co- was stockpiling cocaine so that after the apocalypse, instead of a gold standard for currency, there'd be a cocaine standard. That's smarter than holding hoarding gold. Or the time that Doctor Octopus used the Sinister Six to launch a satellite into space, which would distribute a material. Which would cause uh, enormous pain to uh, cocaine addicts, who he could then control. I mean, he could get a lot of people with that. I mean, a it, lot of rich people. Well, especially this was the eighties. But what I'm saying is, if if you, if cocaine is showing up in a Marvel Comics plot, it's David Michelinie. Well, that's a good that's uh, that's a good tip. So you know, um, uh, so. Uh, yeah, so he uh, attacked the yard, yacht of, uh, I always want to say Antonio Stark, Tony Stark, uh, while Stark was on a cruise with his lover, Bettany Cabe, in the secret identity of Iron Man, Stark defeated Force's men, but Force himself escaped with the yacht, and with uh, Cabe and others as his prisoner. Iron Man tracked down and defeated Force, and Hammer... And Cabe and the other prisoners uh, regained their freedom. Eventually, Wilson grew tired and 
disgusted with causing harm to other people on his missions for Hammer, told Hammer, so hence when the next series of improvements were made on Force's battlesuit, Hammer had a safe lock circuit added as well. The circuit, when activated, prevented Force from transmitting his own voice outside of his battlesuit or broadcasting communication signals from it. Moreover, if he decide if he tried to uh, remove the battlesuit safe lock circuit would cause all powers for its weapon systems to be released internally, electrocuting him. I, I feel like that's a pretty good deterrent. Oh yeah, and and I like that. I like that safe lock. I think that's the opposite of death lock. Is the opposite of death safety though? Well, I guess I guess I guess that would be life lock, which I think is some sort of security system that actually exists. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, I mean, you know, this this shows you that. Uh. Well, maybe the benefits of working for, uh, Justin Hammer are great. Don't expect a great severance package, or it may involve parts of you literally being severed. Also, also, like it's just a thing with battle suits, like you know. Maybe maybe make smaller weapons, you know? I mean, you, make you smaller got, weapon. Listen, you gotta build your own stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Force finally made a break for freedom, escaping from and destroying the mini-submarine docked at uh, Dos Calabalos, Guatemala. On being informed on Force's escape, Hammer had the safe lock circuit in Force's suit activate, seeking help for removing his battlesuit safely as well as protection from Hammer. Force flew to the headquarters of Stark Enterprises in Southern California. Stark as Iron Man succeeded in neutralizing Safe Lock circuit, enabling Force to remove his battlesuit. However, when Wilson asked Stark for protection from Hammer, Stark replied that it was his duty to turn Wilson in over to the police. Stark took uh, Wilson to a Los Angeles precinct station where... Wilson was placed in a holding cell. Hammer thereupon dispatched three villains in his employ, the uh, the Beetle, Black Lash, and the Second Blizzard, to assassinate. That's why. Okay, we talked about the Second Blizzard. Okay. Yes. I was thinking about the first one, but there was a lack of of an Iron Maid from the future disintegrating someone. Yes. Um, in that story, and the one we talked about. Uh. Stark and his associate James Rhodes safely saved Wilson's life, taking him into safety. And then, as a subsequent Iron Man, Rhodes and Force were re- again wearing his battlesuit, fought and defeated the Beetle, Black Lash, and the Second Blizzard when they tried again to kill Wilson. Uh, Stark reported to the authorities that Wilson was killed during a battle, hence, Hammer 2 now believe Hammer 2 now believed that. Clayton Wilson is dead, but he actually just, like, got him a job at Barstow Electronics, subsidiary of Stark Enterprises, and he currently works as a research scientist under the new identity, uh, Clayton Walker. Mm. So, um, I don't, okay, do I, see, I don't like talking about battlesuit stuff because it tends to be whatever it needs to be at the time. But I guess his is a little bit different. But yeah, he's six one, weighs one eighty five, brown ha- uh, brown eyes, brown hair. So like 
you know, he does like a lot of exercise, but in his battle suit, he can lift 10 tons. And uh, he can also like punch people real hard with force fields. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he has like little like force field generators mm-hmm. and he can make a force field around himself. And he could like punch people harder. Some would say concussive force, which is a thing you see a lot in these books. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it can go hand to hand with like some Mariner. He can also like have enough force fields to like lift up to support up to 20 tons of weight. He can also electrically charge any force that he creates. And the force fields created by force are strong enough to resist concussive forces to at least uh, 75,000 foot pounds of uh, pressure. And he has like turbines and stuff and he can weak it. He can go a little bit over the, uh, the speed of sound uh, and fly about four thousand miles if not carrying anything without recharging so it's a it's a battle suit yeah it's a battle suit he's got boot jets all these guys have to have boot jets i mean if you're fighting iron man you can't just let him fly like into the air and shoot you while you're stuck you know on the ground also if you're fighting iron man most likely you have a power suit of some sort as well you know, but you have some saying, sort of battle suit most right. of the time. I mean, I'm just saying not all battle suits are necessarily come with the boot jets. But if you're fighting Iron Man, you should really have those boot jets. You should. I mean, also just have boot jets in general. It's you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But in in the 80s, a lot of people just had boot jets in the first place. Yes, even if they weren't fighting Iron Man. Yeah. In fact, I think this was the first uh, person we talked about in a long time that was able to just make electricity out of their hands because that was a thing as a as a villain that you had oh, sure. all the time in the 80s and like you know it turns out late 80s like very late 80s barely anyone had it yeah everyone had had a way to like shoot you with electricity from beyond uh, from afar yeah and yeah uh, force has made a couple of subsequent appearances in more modern comics but he has yet to return to villainy he's still uh, working for stark Good dude. I don't like his new suit. It makes him look like a really buff bug. I'd rather him look like a like a a well buff bug, but like less busy buff bug. Yes. But you know, it's whatever. Um, yeah, so I guess we're pretty much done. What what do you have to what what do you right, what so, do you have to say about yourself? Alright, so I'm also on a uh, Transformers podcast, uh Stasis Pod. We're co- currently going episode by episode through the twenty fifteen Robots in Disguise TV series. I'm also a member of the Marvel Research Team. We have two books that are currently in stores. Uh, handbooks that tie in with the Empire and Ten of Swords crossovers. And in March, we've got a new one coming out uh, uh, tying in with King in Black. It has an exhaustively researched Venom profile written by yours truly. So I recommend checking that one out. Um, I have another podcast called Enter Riverdale, where I watch the Riverdale uh, show episode by episode with my friend Daniel and we try to somehow recap the intense insanity and lack of any story structure of that show. <laughs> um we are in the middle of 
season two, which had a major lull in the middle, but it it's coming back. It's coming back, baby, and I love it. It it lacks every bit of any sensibility for a show. And I don't know how it has four seasons and we'll have more in the future, but I'm loving it. So, um, but yeah, th- uh, if you want to support me monetarily, you can go to Patreon, <coughs> patreon.com slash alphabet flight. You can also, if you want to see the people we're talking about, go to out uh, alphabet flight on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, if you just happen to, uh, you know, happen to be on iTunes or any of your podcatchers, you can, uh, you know, also just, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff on there. And that will help uh, more people find a show that hopefully you're listening to because you like it. Or maybe send it to your enemies if you hate it, you know? One of those. Uh, so this has been uh, Alphabet Flight and May Conchu protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night. Good night.